I'm Andrea, and I believe that women have the answers, that when we come together, we can create great things. So I've created this space for women to share their stories that unite and connect us. You're listening to Our Story Speaks. Welcome to Our Story Speaks. Today, we'll be exploring body image and the challenges around how we perceive ourselves. This topic is so close to my heart, and I can't think of one friend or woman that I've spent any time with that at some point hasn't talked about disliking her appearance. Personally, my weight has fluctuated over the years. Often, it's connected to what's going on inside of me. If I'm feeling happy and settled, might be in those skinny jeans. Feeling depressed and anxious, probably not. Eventually, I'd find my way back to a healthy weight, and I would donate all of my bigger clothes, convinced I'd never need them again. And then, yes, you already know what happened. It would often involve myself, Amazon, and those same jeans, just two sizes bigger. So, what I found is that what is happening on the inside with me is often reflected on the outside. And when I focus on real wellness, I more often see real results. Today, I'll be talking with Therese. She'll walk us through her journey to wellness and share a ton of good information. We'll talk about the benefits of fasting as a way to reverse health conditions and maintain healthy weight. Also, we'll touch on one of my favorite topics, bone broth. Check the show notes for links to the resources Therese mentions in our interview. And let's get started. Hi, Andrea. (laughs) Hi. Thank you so much for taking time to chat with me today. You're very welcome. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Why don't you start by telling us what I like to call your superhero origin story or a little bit about your background? My (laughs) superhero. I love that. Go ahead. Tell us a little about you. Well, I'm, gosh, now um, almost 59 years young. (laughs) Um, I'm living here in Anchorage, Alaska, um, but my journey's been obviously, you know, a long and winding road. Um, So I guess how it relates to the topic is that, um, you know, I grew up in a a big family and a big complicated family. I've got, um, um, I've got four sisters and a brother and um, my parents both died. Um, one, I was just 22 years old, and the other, when I was almost 30. And um, as a child, I gained a lot of weight, uh, likely, you know, likely due to just perceptions of myself as very, very different from my sisters, and um, all of whom have had normal body weights, um, both as children and adults, and. And I never, you know, I, I remember growing up never feeling, you know, as good as they were. And I also had a mother as good intentioned as she was, um, seemed to draw attention to my needing to change my body. And yeah. I, I, I think that, that that was kind of the origins of some of my problems is, of course, my body type was different from my sister's. I'm you know, you know, definitely was more on the bigger hip, you know, bigger leg kind of side. But I think that um, how how things began shifting for me as a teenager, and I, I never really was an obese child. 
Um, I never was somebody who, you know, gained a lot of weight during, you know, childhood or adolescence, but the struggle started back there. And I really think that, you know, my mom's intentions about that struggle made me feel more kind of less than. And even though I look back at like, you know, my adolescent self, I was not some, you know, person that was, you know, really grossly overweight or obese, but always trying to get smaller, right? Always trying to be kind of different than where I was. I remember a goal when I was a teenager of trying to fit into my um, oldest sister's jeans <laughs> was a was a goal of mine. And I went on a yogurt and granola bar diet where that's all I ingested, <laughs> I think, for a month. And I think I, I, think I did it. Um, right. I think it worked, but, it you know, it was never sustainable. No, you just did major calorie restriction. Exactly. You probably, major calorie restriction and nutrition right. <laughs> restriction of, of good nutrients. You probably felt terrible. I, I did, actually. But, you know, but part of me felt like I can do this because the results were there, um, but but with a lot of sacrifice. Yeah. Well, I think what you're speaking to is so relatable. Uh, I know that um, I have this story of a friend of mine who we were looking at pictures from when she was 20, and she was the smallest and the most fit that she'd ever been. And she mm-hmm. looks at me and holds the picture up and she's like, I wasn't even happy then. Yes. And that's, that's the thing is there's, there's this setup I think that happens for, you know, a lifetime of I'm not okay. And I'll only be okay when I get to this weight or I can fit into like my sister's jeans. And you know, one of the things that I realized is that I actually was, you know, pretty normal and should have felt okay with myself, um, yet I didn't. And the problem then compounded to where I always wanted to get back to the weight I was when I didn't feel okay or didn't feel um, good enough or normal. Right. And, and, you know, it's 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 nuts when you look at it from that perspective. Is that why why did I think of myself that way? Right. It is nuts, and I I find myself even doing it now, even with the information, and even with you know knowing what I know, I'll still pull on something and be disappointed if it doesn't fit the way it maybe fit ten years ago. Yeah, that's just insanity. It it, it really is. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And I, you know, I talked about my large family. I talked about the differences between myself and my sisters in particular. And, um, you know, how, but there was, there's a social aspect around this too. It's not just mm-hmm. familial. It's not just emotional. There's these social aspects that play, you know, into it. And, you know, when I was growing up, 17 magazine, you know, very big. And of course, then came along Cosmopolitan and just these views of, what we should be like, what our bodies should be like as women. And it's, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And yeah. and and so there's this training, this conditioning that happens, you know, in our emotional selves. And I feel like I was a definitely a product of a lot of that different kind of conditioning. And I've had to work at deconditioning, you know, those beliefs and thoughts. And it's 
it's challenging because it's it's in there from a young age and right. and reinforced in many ways. Well, and it gets it's like it gets rooted there the minute that you become you know that little girl. Even I find myself mm-hmm. saying things to little girls about looking cute in dresses and reinforcing the very stereotypes mm-hmm. that I don't want to <laughs> perpetuate. Yep. But even the language of it is just so common and. Yeah, it it sure is. So tell me about the journey that got you started on fasting and or, or tell me how you came to find it. What did you find first? Sure. Well, I actually have been over the past few years and part of it is, is you know, health related. As as you age and as you've been struggling with your weight um for decades like I have. Um I really call it kind of a um a forty plus year struggle because it started in my teenage years, but then um, as I was going off to college, you know, that's when some problems started kind of mounting and, you know, gaining the freshman 15 and, you know, on and on. I, I actually kind of steadily gained weight over the years until I was at my highest weight, which was in 2009. And I don't have any problem saying it was 309 pounds, which is mm-hmm more than 100 pounds than what I weigh right now. Wow. Um, and so the, the, um, the, the, the journey of the last few years has been on dealing with some of the metabolic consequences of, of all of that yo-yo up and down the scale dieting um, results in, in metabolic changes. And, and two of the metabolic changes that I've been dealing with have been high cholesterol as well as pre-diabetic blood sugar um, issues. Mm-hmm. And so um, in t- 2016, um, well, 2015, I started trying to actually really reverse this and um, and get on the ball. But in 2016, I met a particular doctor that um, wanted to try me on some medications, but also was beginning to suggest, you know, the most successful at dealing with these changes is um, low carb, you know, dieting or, or ketogenic dieting is another word for it. And so I started some forays into that. Um, But the interesting thing is that um, it was hard for me to stick with. So I kept kind of going up and down. Um, I was also diagnosed not only with kind of high cholesterol, but, um, um, a genetic factor that goes with that called lipoprotein A, which makes for um, particles in your bloodstream from LDL cholesterol that put you at higher risk for cardiac events and strokes. And so I started taking high doses of niacin and really trying to um, exercise and stick to the best of my ability, low carb, um, healthier, higher fat, healthy fats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was successful, but I would definitely still struggle. Yeah. And a, a big struggle, you know, happened to be with sugar. And while I lost weight during the, this approach, it seemed like I would get down to a certain point and kind of start going back up again. And, and it became kind of not very reinforcing. And my sister at the same time, I have a younger sister um, that's had, um, again, never, never grew to be overweight, um, maybe on the upper end of what was healthy for her. Uh, But she also was diagnosed with that same factor, lipoprotein A. 
Oh. And so she she and I have been supporting each other um, and, and trying to get our cholesterol down. And mm-hmm. she didn't have the added problem of higher blood sugars. Um, I actually went on metformin as well as Victoza in an effort to try to, you know, normalize my blood sugar and um, also try to lose weight because some, both of those things can, you know, allegedly help people lose weight. I now understand the trap of them a little bit more. Yeah. But a, about a year ago, as we were working on this together, she mentioned that she heard some things about not only intermittent fasting, but extended fasting and the benefits to um, to um, potentially to our condition of lipoproteinase and the higher LDL cholesterols. But I, I, I felt like when I heard that from her, like, that's just too hard. <laughs> yeah. And I can't. You can, yeah. but I can't. That, I mean, that's sort of what my head says. But it wasn't until this May, this past May, um, my husband's been having some health issues, and we went to see a uh, a person who is actually a naturopath. Um, and we sat down with him about what he could nutritionally do for his own health conditions. And this person was introducing this idea of fasting again mm-hmm. during that appointment. Um, and I took notes and I listened to some of the, the people that he recommended in books that he recommended, which led me to Walter Longo, yeah. um, a doctor that's been um, very involved with um, fasting for both longevity as well as disease reversals, um, which led me to Michael I think it's Geiger um, who wrote How Not to Die, which led me to Dr. Jason Fung, who wrote the Obesity Code, the Diabetes Code, and Complete Guide to Intermittent Fasting. Mm -hmm. So over, you know, probably from mid-May until June 23rd, (laughs) which is when I started fasting, I read these different books and then heard podcasts and listened to, um, went to websites yeah. Facebook sites of people that have been doing this successfully, and it was really astounding. It um, is. and it and it completely helped me understand why I've had um, repeated uh, gaining of weight after weight loss. You know, I have lost up to sixty pounds before, and then gained it all back, and you know, thirty many times. <laughs> yeah. Um And but it helped me understand that this struggle has um has had many fronts and why just dieting itself does not work right and so it really helped relieve a lot of shame and frustration while at the same time building a whole different motivation my sister um the one that has um helped me quite a bit and we've supported each other um, she happened to visit in March, and she actually was talking to me about fasting again. <laughs> and she made a bunch of homemade bone broth, um, and it was already in my freezer. So come June 23rd, I was ready to go. Yeah. Because uh, I already had, um, you know, something to help me be successful fasting, which I still use today. I make my own and put my own herbs in there and all of that. And so um, I was all ready to go. And I tell you, I've had... I've had continuous success over the past now eight weeks. My blood work has never looked better. It's almost all my cholesterol levels are actually in the normal range now. And I almost don't have the lipoprotein A factor. 
I'm wow. 28 pounds down from June 23rd, the wow. fastest weight loss I've ever experienced <laughs> um, in, in that kind of period of time. And um, I feel fantastic. That's incredible. Can I just say how much I love bone broth in my household? <laughs> we make a lot of bone broth, and I could talk a whole episode about bone broth. Yes, yes. But the benefits are astounding. And yes. for anyone that's interested in essentially the most super food you could possibly put in your body, yep. look up bone broth. It's no kidding. incredibly easy to make. You probably have most of the ingredients on any given night if you yep. are a meat eater. Mm-hmm. If you go buy a rotisserie chicken. Yes. Um, you know, the scraps that you add to it, it's very simple. And it's really the quali- most quality, one of the most quality things you could possibly put in your body. So it is bone broth, way to go. <laughs> yeah. And it has a side benefit to me. Not only does it allow me to fast, and I just have a cup in the morning and a cup in the evening on fasting days. If I wanted to have more, I could have it. But the side benefit for me, and I'm looking forward because Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays, and parts of Friday are fasting days for me. I'm, I've been doing extended fasting most recently. But it, um, I, I have really bad osteoarthritis in both knees, and I have a very sore knee today mm-hmm. um, because I did a little bit of kind of intensive biking yesterday and I'm not sure why but I know like from one day of fasting that soreness will clear up yeah. um, it's an inflammation reducer bone process right. and and I believe it has a lot to do also in addition to the fasting with my unbelievably fast results and turning around my cholesterol problem, my LDL cholesterol problem. Right. And so I think I think you're right. It is a superfood. It is a superfood. It is beneficial. I often use it after I'm a runner, and so I'll mm-hmm. do a long run. And that's what I, I mean. I've stopped with like a protein. Sub, you know, I've mm-hmm. stopped with everything else essentially. Yes. Like bone broth is basically my cure for everything. It is. <laughs> do you have, it is. I, have some bone broth? Yes. <laughs> You will be restored. <laughs> it's true. You go for you exercise, have some bone broth. Yes. You're bored, drink some bone broth. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same page, Andrea. <laughs> so, um, tell me what you're like. So you're doing extended fasting. Yes, but you know, I started out with just one day. Okay. And I know there's people that close eating windows, and yes. that was my first thought was. Um, you know, my first thought was I'm going to fast this morning and um, and not have lunch and then just have one meal at dinner. And it was, they call it OMAD, one meal a day, O-M-A-D. Okay. And, but I felt okay, and I drank my evening bone broth. I'm like, you know, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to have this as a fasting day. So it just started out as I'm going to see how far I can get and, and hopefully wait until dinner. And since I felt okay, I just did the one. And then... The first um, five weeks, I fasted Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and I ate the other days. And my eating is to try to be low carb, healthy, lower, I should say, lower carb, healthy fat. It's not ketogenic anymore because um, I, I, I lose sufficient weight just from the fasting. And I was losing an average of three pounds a week um, those weeks. Mm-hmm. And then I just wanted to try 
because I've heard a lot about extended fasting. I've heard a lot about autophagy. And, you know, there's a lot of terms associated with it that I don't, you know, go listen to a, a Dr. Jason Fung podcast. He'll explain it all. Yeah. Um, but, um, and and growth hormone, um, that especially after two days of fasting, that you um, experience kind of even greater energy. You experience more production of growth hormone. You experience more cleansing of cells. And so um, cell regeneration. And so I just wanted to see if I could fast two days in a row. Well, the first week I fasted two days in a row, I felt good enough to go for a third, so I did. And that's been my routine now for the past three weeks is fast Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The first week I did that. Um, So I did three full days and then, you know, ate the next day. In the last two weeks, I'm like, I could keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I did, um, for the past two weeks, I've done most of Friday and then break my fast late afternoon and then just have, you know, a nice, healthy, kind of carbless kind of dinner um, with mainly, you know, vegetables and some protein um, on Friday. So that's what I've been doing the last couple weeks. And I may end up doing a longer fast than that, but... I feel, um, you know, again, I, I, I still feel like, like that sense I could keep going. <laughs> right, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And do you, so you drink your bone broth. Uh, uh-huh. What else, and water, I imagine, is a big yes. part of it. it. Can you have coffee? Do you drink coffee? Um, you know, I, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do drink black tea and green okay. tea. And so I'll have black and green teas. I used to sweeten all my teas. Yeah. with stevia or some other kind of sweetener and I no longer use any kind of um, sweetener at all instead I just use a little bit of lemon that was an adjustment for me but I have to say it's essential because sugar has been a real issue for me yeah and so I needed to and and Dr. Fung Dr. Jason Fung definitely coaches to let go of for people with metabolic uh, disorders like I have uh, to let go of any kind of sweetener, and I think it is important. And it's, I've adjusted to it, and it's helped me a lot because when I'm not fasting and when I'm eating um, and I avoid those different kinds of sweeteners, I feel better and I I don't have the gravitation towards carbs that I used to have and sugar in particular. Yeah. Let's talk about sugar for a minute because sugar sure. is terrible. It is. <laughs> It is and so I was a sugar addict. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that it's, there are many doctors that actually want to classify sugar as a drug because of the way that it affects our brains. It literally yes. hits those same receptor sites in the whole addiction field. And <laughs> um, one of the things I've noticed that I think is really missing in the world of addiction and treatment is that t- conversation about nutrition and yep. in particular sugar because a lot of times what happens is whenever you sober up or you know whatever you're you're in recovery from sugar is that go-to because it's still kind of meeting those needs and it's it's still triggering you in the same way but it's almost like prolonging your recovery it is I I agree wholeheartedly with you and and certainly doesn't matter if um, the person was addicted to alcohol which of course converts to a ton of glucose in the body or if it's, you know, stimulants or opiates that 
um, many people in early recovery, if they are not um, cautioned and given, you know, the proper education about it and start making dietary shifts, gravitate towards sugar because of its um, mood-changing properties, um, that it gives people a feeling of energy or well-being. You know, it's not quite euphoric like those drugs, but people often report feeling better. And my my old combination was some kind of chocolate or chocolate chip cookie plus a Diet Coke. There oh, you go. Okay. There you go. <laughs> Talk about hitting those re- brain receptors. And, yeah. And, you know, there's the kind of, you know, um, uh, the amount of sweetener that is in a Diet Coke um, is actually a higher propensity of sweetness than actual table sugar. Right. And so, yeah, that was my... If I had to give a presentation, I would have a candy bar and a Diet Coke beforehand to, quote unquote, study my nerves and uh, feel feel a sense of inner calm that the sugar could give me. But the problem is then you want more for that exactly. same feeling. Exactly. And you need more. Yeah. It, I mean, it's exactly the same way that drugs work. It's, mm-hmm. it's exactly it the same. Is. I, I can't argue with it. I I remember, especially around the holidays, I would have these kind of sugar binges because it's the holidays, but yep. then spend the, like the next week almost in this state of like hangover yes. and then craving more sugar yeah, and being like, wait, this isn't part of a, my normal healthy diet, but feeling like I wanted to go back and eat more cookies and I wanted more sugar. It's, it's, it fuels itself. Yes, it sure does. Indeed. So, it's great so, to be off that, that uh, roller coaster. <laughs> absolutely. It is a roller coaster. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so what, you know, if if somebody was hearing your story today, and I hope many women get to hear your story, and they're like, well, I want to start somewhere. Where would you suggest people who are interested in learning more about fasting and even the ketogenic diet, where would you suggest that they start? I um, I have to say that I really, for me, I have to read and digest things. And uh, again, it took me, you know, about three, four weeks before I gave myself the green light to go ahead. And so I really, you know, I can't highly recommend more highly uh, Dr. Jason Fung's. And he has so much free resource. You don't have to buy his books. You can just go to the um, intensive dietary management website that he has. Um, there's tons of YouTube videos, podcasts, tons of free material available. Um, there is a Facebook website called um, Intensive Dietary Management or the Obesity Code website. Um, just hearing other people's stories, looking at before and after photos, people who have struggled with this all their lives, people in all stages of their lives, young, older like I am, um, and, you know, are getting results. Um, just to just to gain motivation and gain information and know what you're doing and knowing that, you know, and, and busting some of the myths about fasting, like it's not good for you, it's a form of starvation. It, it's, it's been around for years and it's free. Right. Um, in the beginning, too, I ordered... Um, uh, Walter Longo has uh, this program pro- called Prolon, which is a fasting mimicking diet, which, yes. which he developed. And I actually have a box of it. I'm going to do it for a week um, here really soon. 
um, when my husband travels um, for a retreat that he's going to. I'm going to go ahead and do it for a week because I pay, I paid for it, but I know I won't I won't need to buy that product because yeah you know fasting is free and all I do is spend about I don't know maybe eight dollars total and and making two weeks worth of bone broth for myself yeah. Um, you know, and it's it's healthy and and good, but I'll but I'll but I'll do that. I'll do that for a week and see how I do um, since I purchased it. But you know, you don't have to per you don't have to spend a lot of money uh, up front. Um, you can access any any of this material for free on the internet, and um, if you want to, I mean, the books are the books are good. But I I have to say that now that I purchased all those books, <laughs> I didn't need them all. Yeah, but that's 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 where I start. Is I I I I research and I I gather information and it helps me know what's right for me and how to approach it. Yeah, well, I think you just gave some really great resources and um in my household fasting or we do I do a, a version of intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. So I usually don't break. I do a daily sort of intermittent fasting where I usually don't break my fast until around lunchtime. Yes, uh, but you kind of inspired me to try an extended fast because I've heard that there's some real benefits, um, even just in terms of clarity and yes. energy levels and the way that it just works on giving your body the opportunity to sort of clean house and to detox. Yes. So there's benefits across the board. There are. And, you know, I, it's funny because my sister and I both say I feel smarter when I'm fasting. I feel sharper. I feel smarter. And I absolutely feel this good energy. I also have to say that, um, you know, as postmenopausal woman that I've had um, struggles with not, you know, sleeping as well, which also exacerbates a weight problem. And um, the interesting thing is I sleep really well the nights I'm fasting. Wow. And and it's not because I'm like tired and dragging. It's I think it has something to do with that detoxification and cleansing process that fasting can allow. So um, I think anybody, you know, again, you know, Dr. Fung recommends that nobody with a um, a body mass index of under twenty point five or whatever um, should fast at all. Um, and, um, but most of us, you know, have a, you know, a much more healthy BMI. And, um, so, you know, that's the only caution that he or people that are under, you know, a complicated medication regimen. Oh, I forgot to mention, Andrea, I'm, I'm three medications down. So I know, I no longer take the appetite suppressant of fentermine. I longer take Victoza. I no longer take metformin. Uh, fairly soon, I hope to um, not have to use a statin. I'm on a 10 milligram Crestor, you know, generic Crestor statin. And I also still take um, gabapentin, which I started taking, uh, oh, about five years ago when I was having night sweats as mm-hmm. a, a complication of, of menopause. Um, my belief is I'll be able to soon go down to the lowest dose of the gabapentin and then get rid of it all together and then once I have you know all normal um, uh, lipoprotein A which is that uh, LDL indicator kind of thing I have um, I'll be able to come off the statin so that's one of the promises of fasting and reversing the metabolic issues is that people are able to give up 
medications that they used to take for a long time. And right. I'm already starting that process less than three months into my regimen. This is incredible information. I know there's so much value here. Thank you so much for sharing this. So You're very welcome. One one question, um, you know, as as you know, my podcast is about bringing women together and uniting us with our stories, mm-hmm. and I think today's conversation is fantastic. I wanted to ask you, how do you think that women, what can we do to connect and unite more as women? Boy, part of, you know, part of my journey has been with my, my sister, another woman in my mm. life. And of course, I I um, have shared with my closest friends what I'm doing and why. And so, I you know, I think that part of the the journey of change needs to involve support. And I think that women shouldn't hesitate reaching out to close friends, family members, even colleagues. I had dinner with a colleague and her husband who was sharing her lovely garden with us and gave us a bunch of her goodies. And, you know, I didn't hesitate to share my journey with her because um, she had reached out to me to to um, share her very abundant garden um, with us. And so, you know, you mentioned in the beginning that that I think vulnerability is actually, um, you know, part of our 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 inner superhero. Yeah. And I'm I'm not hesitating to be vulnerable with you and sharing my struggle and um, how I'm overcoming it and out loud and with other people. So I think that's how. Um, and, and and many of the stories that are um, featured on like the Facebook post, they're men and women, but of course many of them are women. And I don't, you know, hesitate to offer some support to another woman who has posted and, and um, you know, eventually I'll put my picture and, and my journey up there, my before and after. So, yeah. so I just, I guess what I'm saying is, is be vulnerable, re- reach out and, you know, don't hesitate because you don't know how something can help somebody. Absolutely. I love that. I think being vulnerable has been one of the greatest lessons, hardest learned, but greatest lessons of my adulthood. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So my last question today is, uh, what advice would you give your younger self? First of all, love yourself. And we're all, we all are born into different bodies. And if I could, you know, put my arms around my 16-year-old self and and tell her that the most important thing that you have to do before you can, you know, really give other people love is love yourself. And, you know, it has to start only, it has to start with you. It doesn't come from anybody else. Um, You have to make peace with, you know, the body that you're born in and you have to learn how to love and care for and nurture that body. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me today. I hope um, maybe so in, in the future we'll come back and hear more about your progress and, and any new information you have to share with us. I would love uh, that. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time today. You're welcome, Andrea. Good luck with your podcast. I can't wait to, to listen in. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for spending time with me. 
I hope you got some value out of what you heard today. You can find information about upcoming episodes on Facebook and Instagram at Our Story Speaks. You can also email me at OurStorySpeaks2019 at gmail.com. So send me a message if you have a story to share with other women. I have excellent guests and topics in store, so please like, share, and subscribe. Send me your feedback and leave comments. I'd love to hear from you. 